You're listening to the LA Hoops Pod with Roman Vatesman and Jeff the Chiz Show Chizover. Normally in LA, we would only need a Lakers podcast, but the Clippers don't suck anymore, and that's why we're here. Talking Lakers and Clippers, a part of the Hoop Heads Pod Network. Hey, Hoopheads, we appreciate you listening to this episode of LA Hoops. Be sure to check out these other NBA pods on the Hoopheads Podcast Network, including Cavalier Central, 305 Culture, Spanning the Spurs, Hashtag Lakers, Motor City Hoops, X's and O's NBA Breakdown, Nuck If You Buck, The Wizards Hoops Analyst, and At The Buzzer. Plus, our coaching-focused podcasts, Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, Bleachers and Boards, The Green Light, and Courtside Culture. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoopheads podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. All right, welcome back. LA Hoops Pod, episode eight. Chiz, we're taping two episodes in one week. That... That's a record. I think we're going to get to 100 episodes. What are we rushing for today? To be honest, I, I stayed at work again because I like it in this VO booth. I think it sounds better, and I just didn't want to – I didn't want to rush home. But now that I've actually waited 30 minutes for you to get ready, I'm actually semi-feeling <laughs> – I feel like I want to rush because I want to get home. <laughs> What, what are you running, like 24 hours over a tennis channel? No, no. No, just like eight or nine. But right. I, I guess no rushing. I mean, I'm not in a huge rush. Are you in a rush? I, I'm not in a rush. Well, we have Maggio. Our guest is Jamie Maggio, and she's <laughs> in 29 minutes. So we need to maybe get the first part going. Okay, yeah. Let's talk about that. Jamie Maggio is our guest. She's awesome. She's worked for the Lakers, the Clippers, for KCAL, tennis channel, She's a good friend, and I'm excited to have her on the show. Yeah, NBA, uh, NFL, everything. Yeah, NFL sideline and NBA sideline. Yeah, great. Very excited. Let's start with the Would You Rather, Chiz. All right. I just thought about this one a couple minutes ago because it's all it's all star related. Right. Would you rather be a 15 time All Star and never win a title, or be a one time All Star and win a title? I'm. This would be such a cool question if we were asking actual players. <laughs> like, oh, you're not if, an actual player. If we could like get if we did ever you ever make guess. the viewpoint the all star team over at viewpoint? There was no all star team, but there are plenty of accolades. But you would have been an all star. <laughs> if- yes. Here's the thing I'm thinking of because we always talk about money. I feel like we always talk about money, but I think money just rules sometimes. So what I'm thinking is, if you're a 15 time all star, Roman. In this day and age, that means you've probably already made what? Like you probably made twenty million a year for ten. You've probably made well over two hundred million, right? It means you've just you've been a complete baller, and you're obviously well respected. And if you've been a one-time all-star, now that I'm thinking about it, you've probably also made a lot of money because if you've gotten to that level, you're at least ten or fifteen a year. So, I was first gonna say I'd rather be the fifteen-time all-star. Um, a fifteen? How many fifteen-time All Stars are there? They're probably like those ones are really uh, high up on the list of like. I mean, scoring. you're obviously a Hall of Famer. You're you're in the LeBron. yeah. You're a Hall of Famer. It's a good point. Yeah, I mean, AD so, will be a fifteen-time so All Star probably. You think it's safe to say you're not an All Star if you're just a one-time All Star? Probably. 
Well, I mean, the a one time, like, for instance, there's guys like C.J. McCollum, right? Because you're, you're talking right. about money. Like, C.J. McCollum has never been an all-star, but at the same time, like, he's making the max. Like, there's probably, you know, 40 max players in the NBA or so. You're looking at probably about one and a half max players per team. Yeah. So you can make the max and have a ton of money without ever being an all-star. So one, you're right. That's a one-time true. all-star is going to make a ton of money. I think it's more about like well, the prestige of winning a title or the prestige sure. of like being a really, really um, great player, right? Like Carl Malone and John Stockton never won a title. Charles Barkley never won a title, but they are some of the game's greatest players. Like, would you rather be that type of player or would you rather be, kind of like, you know, like a, a Marcus Robert Ory esque kind of? Well, no, like I don't think I don't think Rob ever even made an All Star no, team. No, he like, wasn't. Mar- but I think okay, maybe Marcus yeah. Saul is a good example. How many times did Marcus Saul make an All Star team? Like three or four? Probably? Yeah, I think like two or three. Yeah, um, I think it is kind of like a grass is green on the other side. I- I'm surprising myself, but I think I would rather be the Malone and Stockton. Um, I- I'm saying no to a title, but. I, you know, I, I feel like if you ask Barkley that, he'd probably anyway, say I'd rather... Gasol, three-time... Mark Gasol, three-time All-Star. Yeah, I don't know. It's a tough one. I'm going to go... It's like, who cares what we think? Because uh, we're not players, but we're I... We're doing the podcast and our, our fans that's a good point. care. People, yeah, that's a good point. I love you, fans. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go All-Stars, no title. What about you? Uh, yeah, I, <laughs> I, I like the idea of winning a title... Because you could always say that you're a champion forever. Yeah, you got a ring. So, you know what? If I'm a fringe all-star, then <laughs> I would take the title. Like, if I'm a really good player, I guess, I guess one-time all-star, I'll, I'll take the title. Because that's that's what you play for. Like that When you're in the NBA, you're trying to win. So, yeah. if you're a really good player and you win a title... I think that's pretty awesome, as opposed to being a superstar, 50-time All-Star, you're a superstar. And then, like, Shaq can rip you every time that he's on the show, he rips Charles for never winning a title. You know? Yeah, yeah. And, like, I do he know. Can't, and he can't ever say that to Kenny. He can't right. say it to Kenny because Kenny won a couple of titles with the Rockets. And Kenny wasn't, I wouldn't even say Kenny was really a fringe All-Star, but he was a, a very good player, and he has that ring. So I'm going to say one-time All-Star, and I'll take my one title. That's fair. I, I have, It's like I don't feel very strongly one way or the other, and I'm, I'm interested if we, can, if we get a former player on here to ask him that question because that's a good one. I just feel like we don't have good perspective. All right. <laughs> uh, we'll get so some players on. What's that? Yeah, we're going to um, – we're heading into the second half of the NBA season, so let's get one positive, one negative thought. It could be anything about the Lakers season or perspective. Uh, why don't you start with a positive thought? All right, my positive thought is well, I have a couple, but I'll just start. Hurry with, up, dude! Okay, we're already six minutes right. in. I knew that. Would you rather than take way I'm too long? Sorry, that good. I live for the would you rather's. You know that. <laughs> All right, my 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 positive number one. Is the play of Dennis Schroeder. He's averaging 15 and 5, which I think that was expected. We knew he was a good offensive player, but I think his defense has really impressed me. The way he hassles uh, ball handlers and his energy, I'm really impressed. And 
Part of that is the Lakers lead the league in defensive rating, despite the fact that Anthony Davis hasn't played whatever it is, the last like six or seven games. The Lakers yeah. are still the best defensive team in the league, and I think a big part of that is Schroeder. Kuz obviously has become a much better defender uh, this season, but I think that's what's really impressed me. So I'll just, I'll just say Schroeder is my positive. I like that. That's so so clear. He is better than advertised. I'm so pumped to have his him on the squad. His overall game, because like his points are actually down from what he averaged, you know, last couple of years. But it's because LeBron and yeah. AD. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, my positive is because right now they're in a little bit of a rut. Not really. They've lost with AD. We've said there's no panic meter, but let, let's consider all the tough things they had going into the season and one of them is the shortest offseason in professional sports history not just nba they raised the trophy october 11th and then game one that was in the bubble game one was december 22nd so knowing that and including the fact that they have several rotation players from last year's team leave and they have new welcome players in granted those are really good players you would think it would take time for pieces to gel and right when you would assume they would come out slow start they go 11 and 3 that was the record 14 games in. And they were also 21-6. and six. That right there tells me enough just to know how talented they are and how high their ceiling is. They've already looked so good at one point, so there's no reason for me to believe they can't be even greater when the playoffs come. So it just kind of settles me down a little bit, especially right now because they've lost some games, that I just remember that 11-3 and three start, 21-6, and six, especially when so much was going against them. Uh, that just... I'm going to keep looking back at that to remind myself of just how good this team is and how confident I am they're going to be good when the playoffs come around. Okay. I agree with all that. Yeah. Good job, you gotta, good job, good job Chiz. Thank you. Got you got a boy. You got a, all, right. You can, <laughs> all right. You have uh, a negative one? Yeah, you know, there's not a whole lot of negatives, but I guess I'll start with Marcus All. I kind of expected you'll start with like, him, like you like you have a list. I have like a couple. I don't, I don't of have negatives. many, but let me start it's, with Gasol. Well, it, it's about I think it's overall about like the newcomers, right? Like Montrez has been fine. I think we expected him. He's averaging fourteen and six. Energy guy. He's doing great. But you know the 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 West Matthews and Marcus Gasol signings. I don't want to say it's a negative because it is what I expected. Marcus Hall is 36 years old. Wes Matthews is 34 years old. He's had plenty of injuries. They've been okay, right? Like, Marcus Hall is playing 20 minutes a game. He's averaging five points a game. He's fun to watch with his passing, but he's he's really slowed down. And I just don't know that the Lakers can count on him too much in the playoffs. All right. Um, and same I mean, thing with, 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 with Wes Matthews. You know, four points a game. Um, he's shooting 36% from the field, 34% from three. He's just, I don't know that you can, he'll give you five or six minutes, I think, in the playoffs. Yeah. But it's not a whole lot. So I think that the newcomers with, with Gasol Matthews, and like I said, I did not expect them to have these amazing seasons. But if, if we're picking negatives, I would say that is my negative. That's fair. I get that. I don't want to go back and forth on it, but you talked about the defense being the number one rated in the league, even without AD for some time. And I know Gasol only plays 20 minutes a game, but he has to get some credit for how good their defense still is. And you got to like that he can at least shoot the three at a a higher than respectable rate, I would say. But I feel you on that. I think if you watch casually, he's not doing much, but I just think he has a lot to do with our good defense. Yeah, you know I love Gasol's defense because it's not all about block shots. It's about talking. He's probably one of the best talkers on defense in the whole NBA and pointing guys to the right spots. And So, listen, I'm a Marc Gasol fan. 
it's tough to pick a negative. It's just tough. He's 36 years old, and I yeah. think it's the end of the road is is nearing for him. So my negative, I mean, the obvious one would be, oh, AD's injured, but we're not going to focus on injuries. I mean, if he tore his ACL, that'd be one thing, but, you know, we expect him to be back. So I'm not going to talk about the injury, even though that is a bummer. But from the Lakers title perspective, this is my noteworthy negative, and that is that that is that? That doesn't make that's, that's too much of that. Okay. The, the <laughs> negative is that James Harden got traded to the Nets and that that team has already showed the potential to be really, really great. Uh, last season, the Lakers were geared up for a tough series against the Clippers. They didn't even have to play them, but we kind of thought that the finals would be either, easier no matter what, even if it was Milwaukee. But this season, there are now three top dogs. And even though I think the Lakers are better than last season, they now are going to have to win two very challenging series. I'm kind of banking on the fact they're going to play the Clippers and then the Nets. But I'm, I know you agree with me, Roman. I'm so sick of this one ball for Harden, Durant, Kyrie. It's oh, so silly. Like, like, hello, Durant can fit in anywhere like a glove. We've already seen that. Kyrie has already won a championship with LeBron, another ball-dominant player. Oh, yeah, and Harden might be the best pass in the league, averaging over 11 assists a game. I know those are different assists, but I think these guys n- know how to share the ball and-, and get the best out of their players. So that is the negative in my eyes is that there is a sick team in the Eastern Conference and – you know, I don't know. I yeah. think I in mean, the finals that could be a toss-up at that point. I mean, you cheated on the question because we talked about positive and negatives for the Lakers, and you kind of went for the no, Nets. No, it's, it's from the so, Lakers' perspective, yeah. Yeah, but I, I'm with you. The idea that, like, Harden can't share the ball. Guess what? Yeah. He's been the leading scorer, like, year in, year out over the last four or five years of the NBA. Well, that's He'll not sharing be, the ball. But. No, 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 I'm saying he's had that, right? He's Oh, got it, got it. He He's done it. Got it, now got it, got for it. him, it's time to win a title, so I don't think that he has a problem taking a step back because he's done the scoring thing. And now yeah. he's got two other great players with him, and I don't think that they're going to have an issue sharing yeah, he, the ball. He, exactly. He wanted to get traded because he wanted to win, obviously. Right. It's not like he wanted to trade to get more scoring titles. Yeah, yeah. Like he didn't the, ask to be like traded to the Nets if he thought, like, oh, right. I'm, I'm going to be, I'm gonna go over there and be the man. Like He knew he was going to have to share the limelight and they, they've with already, Kyrie and KD. They've already looked sick, so they're already I know. good. Yeah, I'm. I mean, it's gonna be. I'm. I'm excited for the Lakers to play the Clippers and the Nets if that's the way it happens, because those are gonna be two really like fun series to watch. Yeah, like as 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 cool as it was to watch the Lakers play the Heat last year, the Heat never really had a chance. I think, and. Also, the Nuggets, I don't think, really had much of a chance against the Lakers. No, so it was like only that, cool. It was only cool because I knew they were going to win, to be right. honest. <laughs> so like the, the idea of like a really great series where you don't know who's going to win, yep. I think is, is pretty fun. So I, I'm, I'm excited for that. So we're uh, going to give a grade now, right? I would give the Lakers first a... First half grade. First half grade, I would say a B. I mean, obviously the AD injury. They're 24 and 13. They're third... In the West, Chiz, you were saying that you were asking, I think, in episode one, whether this was like the most talented team of all time. So the idea that they're third <laughs> place in the West, even with the injury, I, I think um, I'm going to give them a B. All right. I think that's too critical. I gave him an A minus. I thought a B plus would even be too critical. That's just because I'm not going to dock him because their second best player got hurt and also Schroeder was gone for those, you know, four or five games. So, I mean, I just know that, like we said, they were 21-6, and six, and they were still figuring it out, and they were coming off you know, the, the short offseason. For me, Schroeder is better than advertised. Kuzma has impressed me with his different role, and the defense is still best in the league, and THT has been such a pleasant surprise. It's not like AD and LeBron have disappointed, although AD maybe is disappointed a little bit when he's healthy. But, 
I get what you're saying. It's like, oh, they're third or fourth. That's kind of like sounds like a B to me. But when I take it all in and I think about it, I can't give them worse than an A minus just because, I don't know, I don't think they've really blown it at all. They just have had the injuries. Yeah, I mean, they're third in the West, so they're, they've blown it. Yeah, okay, whatever, dude. <laughs> all right, uh, All-Star Draft. We're taping this on Thursday. We just saw the All-Star Draft. Yeah. Uh, LeBron took uh, Giannis first. Uh, he took Curry with his uh, second pick. Durant went with Kyrie for his first pick. Who would you have taken number one in the All-Star Draft if you were LeBron? Uh, I on it, it's, it's funny because... So... The first thing I would be thinking is that if I was the All-Star game, I want a a player that is a good passer and is kind of like does exciting plays. Just, just for the All-Star part and how, you know, you like to play with people that, you know, are fun to play with. To me, Steph Curry and Luka are probably the maybe two of the more fun players to play with. So I was going to go with Curry or Luka, and it turns out LeBron took them as his second and third pick. Uh, so I was thinking Stephen Curry for my first Steph, sorry Steph or or Luca for my first pick, and then after that I was gonna think of someone that can catch lobs and, and is really athletic, and that would have been Giannis. Turns out he has all three of them. His first three picks were Giannis, Steph, and Luca, and then he got Jokic, who's another great passer. So I yeah. love LeBron's picks. I the, the, he, the, his team is my team. I love it. Yeah, it's it's amazing. I, I was honestly thinking the same exact thing. Like when he was able to get Jokic. Uh, with his fourth pick, like Jokic is perfect because all he's gonna do is pass. Yeah, Steph, you got Steph who to to spread the floor. You got Giannis to catch lobs. Um, I mean, Luca's gonna pass the ball as well. So, Simmons, he's got Simmons too. Yeah, so yeah, but those are the reserves, but yeah, you're right. I mean, the way it broke down, yeah, I I think overall I'm with you. I would I would take Steph, but I think you knew that Durant was gonna take. Uh, Kyrie. Kyrie. So either yeah. way, if you had taken Steph first, he would have taken Kyrie. Then you take Giannis, or you take Giannis first, and then you go back and take Steph. Yeah, I think LeBron's team is awesome. And when you look at uh, KD's team, he's got a bunch of guys who don't want to pass the ball. He's got <laughs> Kyrie. He's got Kawhi. He's got uh, Joel Embiid. Tatum. Tatum. It's Booker. like, but yeah. So yeah. it's like no, nobody wants it's, – it's the opposite of the LeBron team. So Yeah, yeah. totally. Props the draft to, is so cool. I, I love the draft. I love the draft. It's, it's yeah. Honestly, it's better than the game. That's stupid. You Did you watch the game last year? That's actually our next topic. Did You, you watched yeah, the game last year, right? I did, yeah. Okay, so we're talking Elam ending now. That's our next topic, right? Yes. So for everyone that doesn't know, they did this last year, and everyone admits it was maybe the best all-star game ever just for the – from the perspective of being so competitive. So the Elam ending is this. Once you get within four minutes of the game uh, in the fourth quarter, the first dead ball that happens, they shut down the game clock. And then at that point, they just add, they added 24, the number 24 because of Kobe. This was a little, you know, um, just very recent after the Kobe tragedy. So they add 24 points to the leading team score. So let's just say I'm beating you 80 to 70. In the first dead ball, they they cut the game clock, and then that means we're playing to 104. So it's 80 to 70, we're playing to 104. It's just like when you play growing up, hey, I'll play to 10, twos and threes, whatever. There's a target score, and you're no longer playing with the clock winding down. Obviously, there's a shot clock. And the obvious thing, you know, what everyone says, is it just leads to a more natural flow towards the end of the game and there's no late game fouling and that terrible rhythm right it has a more natural feel uh 
you're no longer thinking, hey, if we're playing to 104 and I'm down 190, you're not thinking, hey, foul, I need to get the ball back. You're just thinking, hey, let's get a stop. You're just going possession by possession, get a stop, get a score. And then my the best part of it all, and I already kind of know what your rebuttal is, but there is always a game winner. Every time the ball, the, the game will not end unless that team gets to the target score. So the, the the ball will always go through the net in order to clinch the game, which is so cool. And that reminds me of baseball. Let's say you're up 10-1. Even though you got to go to the ninth inning, you got to get the last out. Right now, if you're up 20 with four minutes left, there's just going to be a bunch of formalities late in the game, kind of all those things you don't like, you know, dribbling it out, maybe stupid fouls from the bench players. But now you got to get that last bucket no matter what. Love it. I... I also do like the Elam ending. I think typically it's 10 points uh, instead of 24. I don't know what they're doing. I think uh, it was 8. I think it was actually 8 in TBT. But yeah, who knows what they're doing. Yeah. So I, I, I do like it. Um, I agree that it makes the game at the, uh, the last four minutes or so. It makes it a lot more fun. Um, I think there are a couple of issues. Number one is the game can end on a free throw. And that yep. is probably the most anticlimactic play in all of basketball. <laughs> and the idea that a game ends on a free throw, even like a really tight game, I think is just kind of a bummer. And then it also gets away from buzzer beaters. If you do this, I, I love it for the All-Star game, but I would say no to doing it for like the regular season because the other, the most fun part of basketball is the buzzer beater. Like... I know it doesn't happen that often, but when it does, it's awesome. And to take that completely away from the NBA, I think, would be a disservice. So I would but, not be down for it in the regular season. Dude, let's just say the score is 198. We're playing to 102, 103, 101, whatever. I agree with you on the free throw. That, that's unfortunate. But come on. If it's close, that last shot is going to be very close to just as exciting as a buzzer beater. I, I agree with you. Like The idea of the ball let go and then you hear the buzzer, it's not as exciting. If one was more, it, if one was more exciting, it would be the buzzer beater. But, I mean, it, it, is just, it almost is just as exciting be, when it's a close game and there's a game. Because it's still a game winner. Like You still have the suspense when the ball is shot and released. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm with you. I mean, overall, I like it. By the way, was it named for Jason Elam? No, no, <laughs> you didn't think that, did you? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it also, I mean, it's like another analogy for sports like tennis. Like if I'm up a set and 5-1, you can't just let the clock run out. You got to still win. You know, you still have to like get through the finish line. I. It, it sounds extreme, but I'd be down for them to switch it tomorrow. Wow. That's just me. Wow. It is. It's better. It's just better. It makes more sense. All, End of all, all of your pet peeves revolve something to do with time. Yeah. You know, it's like, you don't like the, <laughs> when they go two for one, or you don't like when they don't shoot at the last second. Yeah, when second. they don't do it properly. <laughs> yeah. we, we're doing pet peeves later with Jamie, by the way. It's, Jamie's coming in in what, six or seven minutes? Let's go. We got one, one more topic to get to before we get to Jamie. Okay. <laughs> I, I know you've thought this one through. I have Not, mu- not much, actually. No. You did tell me. I, I Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Okay, so LeBron uh, is selling one of his uh, Brentwood houses, and he apparently moved to Beverly Hills. I know you know a lot about Beverly Hills, Chiz. Since, why? Uh, why, why, why do you know? Why do you know that? I mean, aren't you? Don't you like live? And aren't you from Beverly Hills? Not from, but you know exactly where I'm, <laughs> I'm just, from. You're such a piece of shit. I'm just messing with you. All right, good or bad decision <laughs> for LeBron to move to Beverly Hills. 
good or bad decision? Well, like you said, he has two houses in Brentwood, so he sold one. Um, he purchased this for. Did he already sell it? I think he's just selling. That's a good question. I don't know. The house he bought was put up for thirty nine million, and he purchased it for thirty six point seven five. I was reading a little bit. Did you look at any of the pictures or read about it at all? No. Great. So did you prep it all for the show or you just have a bunch of nonsense to say after this? I just have a bunch of nonsense to say. <laughs> so Off the cuff, bro. The, the house looks ridiculous. Like The key thing is that it's more private. It almost looks kind of like a, uh, um, a resort in a way. He can see downtown. He can see the water. Uh, I know you love being able to see the ocean. Uh, it has two guest houses, obviously has a pool, but it also has a tennis court, which he didn't have before. Uh, it's 9,100 square feet, which is just the main house, not the two-bedroom suites. Guess how many fireplaces are in the house. Just guess. <laughs> I don't know. You live in L.A. Why do you need a fireplace? <laughs> seven. He's got seven. <laughs> seven fireplaces? That, yeah. This sounds like a fire hazard. He bought it He bought it from the like a talk show, co- talk show host and co-creator of The Young and the Restless, Lee oh, Philip Bell. That house he just bought was last purchased in 1986 for $3 million. And it just, and he just, and he, yeah, and he just bought it for 37 mil. So when you say good or bad decision, I don't know. It seems like a way sicker house, bigger, uh, more privacy. He's got the tennis court and he's got way better views. So I don't know. Great idea. He's still got the pad. He's still got one more pad in Brentwood anyway. Yeah. I can't wait to hear yours. He he hasn't sold it yet. Is what I'm reading. (laughs) He has not sold it yet. It's, it's on the market. He's going to take a loss on it. I mean, listen. He's going to take a lot. If you have all the money in the world like LeBron does yeah. and you're not moving like right on the beach, then it's a bad decision. I mean, like that's what – if I had all the money in the world, I would have multiple houses like on every beach. Do you think so he could get just the sickest pad like on the Manhattan Beach Strand? You think he could? Not, not. I'm not saying he's, with, he's not rich enough, but are they, do those just come about? You know what I mean? I mean, not like the top – house probably doesn't come about because that's where right. we play volleyball around there i think that house is like 140 150 million but more so the guy just doesn't want to sell it right so i but certainly there's houses on the strand that are for sale all the time you know maybe like a couple at least a couple per year so yeah i think you can certainly buy a piece of beachfront property in los angeles there's plenty of it so the so idea of like moving to Beverly Hills, you know, just that's not so what I would do. You don't like he's moving even further away from the the ocean. Yeah. So he's going from Brentwood to Beverly Hills, probably going two miles east. But now he does have a view of the ocean. So I guess he's got some ocean fix for is, you. Do, do, is Beverly is Beverly Hills uh, east or west of the four hundred five? East, brah. Wow. I mean, it's a horrible decision. He's near like the post office for anyone that knows uh, where that is. Are you? Is he going to have you over for the Super Bowl? <laughs> what Was that episode five? I think that was episode five. <laughs> All right. We're idiots. We're done. We're not done. We're yeah, gonna we're bring not done. On, we're going to bring on Jamie coming. Maggio. Best part is coming up next. Hey, hoopheads. We all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. 
Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com, spelled A-R-Y-S-E, and use the code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off the future of performance. That's A-R-Y-S-E.com with promo code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off. We are lucky to be joined now by a very special guest. Are you ready for this, Jamie? She is an adopted Angelino by way of New York. She's a product of the UC college system, an Italian pie-fi girl through and through. <laughs> Proud owner of an Ewok-looking dog named Yogi. Her last name is Maggio, and her fantasy football team name is Maggione Business. She's the <laughs> queen She's the queen of LA sports media, Jamie Maggio. Jamie, we love you. Thanks for kicking it with us. What Thank you. is what an up? intro? That was like I, now I got to think. I'm like in, in my head, I was envisioning my ring walk. Like you were you were talking me into the ring. That was pretty good. So Chiz what? was so excited to do that intro because usually I do the intro, and he like texted me. He's like, "Listen, I've already written an intro for Jamie." By the can way, I read it, and I was like, "Of course when, you can." I said well, the whole thing about you being good. a pie fi He said that, that that sororities weren't a big thing at UCSB. He's basically saying you weren't cool in college. <laughs> well, no, I was definitely cool, but no, they were not a big thing. <laughs> See, I was right, Chiz. It's was not that like true? a big Greek scene. Yeah, it's not a big Greek scene up there because it's such a party school anyway. But it was fun. It was fun to be. You know, in a house, and I mean, I think some of my best friends are from. I mean, aside from you guys, are from college. Yeah, I mean, it's all about p- partying on on Del Playa. It's not about yeah. The being a story. Yeah, you guys try to rope me into telling you like college frat party stories. Oh, if you got drunk, if, you, like, if you got them, we, no, didn't, we didn't I did, have them I, in the plan, but. I did have my own beer bong. That was like a thing. You go to like the hardware <laughs> store and you get your own tube and funnel and you fashion your own beer bong. Oh yeah, we wow. had those. We had we had one in Arizona as well. Yeah, I at, per- at Berkeley they were too too nerdy for that stuff. Huh, Chiz? Yeah, she went to Colorado where he just skied all the time, and then Berkeley where I don't know what you did there. I, I, I played, out, I, I played the tennis. I played tennis. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't go skiing that often. So, <laughs> is that, is that? <laughs> we're go, we're getting off the rails already? All right, Jamie. Wait, are, is this, is this co- code for cocaine? I didn't go skiing; it was off the rails. <laughs> oh, no, 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 definitely not, Jamie. The one of the first thing Jamie asked when we got online, she's like, "Can we drop f bombs on this thing?" We're like, Jesus. <laughs> I mean, yes. We're not. By the, the way, who's, what isn't, noise isn't is that? Tuning in. I'm so who's sorry. Like, that... That's my phone charging, and it's like the computer is like, can I have access to this? Because I've got it linked into the computer. Anyway, sorry. I apologize for the sound effects. Chiz is fine with F-bombs, but no sound effects. Yeah. (laughs) One might argue that an F-bomb is a sound effect. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So Chiz mentioned that you are from New York. You're a big Giants fan. So Mm -hmm. we're going to start this with a would you rather. Oh, God. Would you rather... See the Giants win the Super Bowl this year coming up, or your dog Yogi is able to talk to you one time for 10 minutes. Okay, first of all, I appreciate that you kind of went easy on me because I did listen to your episode with Geeter, and that was like pretty harsh. What'd you yeah. say? Like that Zephy runs away, but the Lakers runs yeah. away. She's but she's safe. But she's safe. So harsh. Um, but she's safe. She runs away, but you never see her again. Um, <laughs> you 
know what? I think I'd rather talk to my dog for 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've seen oh, that because you, you've seen the Giants win the Super Bowl, too. Maybe if you haven't seen him, you'd think definitely. I've seen but the Giants was... win twice at, in person, and I've actually watched all four. Because the prior two, I was I was young, but I watched it on TV. But I did attend the, the two Giants wins against the Patriots, which I think is one of the coolest sports moments ever to see your team win a Super Bowl. Yeah, I don't you, have a team, so I don't wouldn't even know what that's like. What do you think you would say to Yogi if uh, you yeah, could talk to him? Yeah, you both minutes? are like dog owners. Wouldn't that be creepy? Maybe. What talking to my dog? Yeah, like I, you knew I, what he was saying, th- thinking or saying. I don't know. What would no, he say? I always, I always want to know what he's thinking. You might be heavily disappointed. You're like, Yogi, it's time. And then like after 10 minutes, you're like, that's what you got? You're such a dumb dog. <laughs> he's just like, I, I want to just walk. like, woman, I want your food. Give me food. I want more food. I want to sit on the soft blanket in the sunshine. <laughs> like it's pretty, probably pretty simple for him. But I feel like we already kind of talk too, you know. Don't you feel like that, Roman? You like you and Sherm have like a understanding. Oh, I talk to him all the time. He just doesn't talk back. Yeah. I, I, I whisper sweet nothings into his ear. Oh God. <laughs> I crawl underneath the dining room table and I, I snuggle him. It's really quite pathetic. <laughs> no, I mean <laughs> Let me tell listen. you, like quarantine pandemic life sends it to another level because <laughs> it's like he's my best friend. <laughs> Listen, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Chiz would never know. You have He's a never wife, had a though, dog. Roman. You've got a wife yeah. that you could talk to. Yeah, well she talks to <laughs> she talks to Sherman more more than uh, she does to me anyway. Okay. No, that's <laughs> great. I'm, I'm just kidding. You guys are great dog owners. These are two of the best dog owners I know. Oh, yeah. Thanks. Um All right, let's okay, do some so- let's do some sports. Yes. Okay. Before Jamie, before you came on, we were talking and we kind of went over all how you've basically you've kind of worked in every sport basically, and a lot of people that watch sports have probably just seen you come on the screen with a lot of you know I would say a lot of probably like coaches interviews I would say kind of going to halftime or coming back or whatever. Anyway, like you said, you've been to Super Bowls, the NBA, NFL, everything. Um, what is is there one game or just event in general that has been the coolest to cover just because of atmosphere, like being there and kind of feeling how powerful the atmosphere was? Um, I have to say, and, and you know what, I've, I've been to the NBA playoffs, baseball playoffs, NFL playoffs, March Madness. March Madness. You know what? I was, I was about to say Super Bowl, but March Madness. I knew was, it. So, it's just so okay so super bowl is it's a whole week as you know of events and and parties and you know when i've covered the super bowl i was there um with a tv show and we were there for an entire week and um i i think i've been to like 15 super bowls or something like that like it's yeah it's a lot i'd have to go back and actually do the math but um and and those are like a big event because the NFL is the NFL and it, they roll out the red carpet and it's it's massive. But March Madness, because of the passion at the collegiate level between not just the players, but the fans and the students and the families, it's so intense. And it's, you know, I mean, much like it is in the Super Bowl, obviously, it's it's win or go home. Like, that's it. But there's that survive in advance feeling to it. And it's just so much fun. And the band is there and the mascots. Like, I love all of the pageantry that surrounds it. So 
March Madness is pretty awesome. And I'm just so Rome. glad we have it this year, even though it's going to be a little bit weird in the in the bubble in Indianapolis. I'm just glad Roman, that we have you can- it. You can vibe with that. You you always say it's your favorite I, sporting event. Yeah, like, I, I think the tournament is TV. absolutely amazing. I remember the first tournament that I ever went to. I was uh, a sophomore in college, and I was covering Arizona basketball, so I was there with the media. And it wasn't the first game, but it was that first tournament. Arizona played Illinois. It was in 2005. And I got the chance to sit right behind Mike Wilbon, which was like as a, you know, aspiring journalist was super awesome and i'll never forget the arizona was beating illinois this was like channing fry year joan mcclellan hassan adams um and arizona was up 15 on Roman, illinois are you gonna give us a whole play-by-play Seriously, <laughs> no, i just remember that mike wilbon turned to me i just happened to be sitting behind him he turned to me and he goes what number final four is this gonna be for lute olsen and right Stop after it. that, Arizona just blew the lead. Illinois came back, sent it to overtime, and won the game. And it was, it's still like the most like disappointing like loss that I, of my life. But the well, when, crowd, when Wilbon when Wilbon turned out and said that, to, did you, did you get like a little semi? A little bit. I was like four. A little tingle. A little tingle. Yeah, a little tingle. A little tingle. Uh, but then, but like I just remember the crowd was so loud those last four minutes when Illinois was making that comeback because the game was played uh, where DePaul plays in Rosemont, like right, out, right, side of, right outside of Chicago. And it was so loud, like you couldn't hear yourself like think. And like that atmosphere, I think you only get at college events. So I, I'm with Jamie. I, I agree. And you went, cool. to a, you went to a school that has a powerhouse program, you know, like they're always there. That's pretty awesome. For us, it was like, ooh, you see Santa Barbara almost UCSB got into the tournament. Soccer. Yeah, well, soccer, soccer was pretty good. But we, we've made the tournament a couple times. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. But it's, just, it's so much those fun to pie, watch. Those pie-fies never missed a game. <laughs> But, okay, before we fall, I have a follow up about uh, one of the events you were at. But real quick, we talked about sideline um, uh, reporting and interviews. Mm-hmm. You've have you had to you've had to do that with Popovich. You've had to interview Popovich like oh, a few oh, times, yeah. right? Many times. Do you have any funny stories when you <laughs> interviewed him? Because he's famous for that. I know. You know, I would say what you see on TV. He he looks. Well, some people think it's hilarious. And then other people are like, God, he's such an ass. Like, why does he do this to people? And it's not cool anymore. It's not funny. He is, I just have an incredible amount of respect for that man. I think he is a a basketball genius. I think he has a golden heart. And I I applaud him for the way that he speaks on uh, politics and world events. And I, I just think he's a real class act person. When you get into that moment, I mean, I I really believe that he looks at a game as he's in the middle of a battle and having to stop and answer a couple questions is just the biggest nuisance to him. And from what I understand, he tries to get the NBA to do away with it every year, but it's part of the TV uh, contracts, right? Right. But one one year, and I would say I, I do get the most nervous with him and I try to automatically have my next question prepared because I'm ready for the one word answer. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And you know, like you don't want to get caught off guard. But one time 
one time uh, he gave me like yeah and sometimes he's been good and 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 like people will tweet like whoa he must like jamie maggio he just gave her a really good answer and was thoughtful blah 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 but there was one time where he gave me a real quick answer and then a second quick answer so i asked a third question Ooh, that <laughs> was no like, no i felt his his glare like burn into my soul and it was like <laughs> oh God. like i just walked away and i'm thinking to myself like does everybody in the truck did they just see what happened like did they see the death glare that i just got um but you know like it's like nothing and then you see him the next day he's like hey jamie how you doing today right <laughs> you know? that's cool yeah i can respect that okay, I, love, I love that you asked the third question though Oh, it was so stupid. I'll never do it again. It was like, <laughs> it was not worth the, the evil, evil glare. That's it. That was done. Yeah. I mean, he gives that evil glare to everybody. So it's, that's it's, true. Yeah. That's um, true. Okay. I want to ask about uh, Kobe's final game, mm. uh, the 60 point game. I know you had kind of a, a special, it was a special day and a special moment um, for you as a member of the LA media. Like, what, what do you remember about that day? I just remember Geeter and I decided to carpool, right? And um, we're just so jazzed up. We're, we're hyped up. We get there. You know, you, you see that the way that the Staples Center is all set up with the shirts. And then, you know, I think the season ticket holders got some extra little goodies and memorabilia. And it was just, uh, it was a totally meaningless game in terms of, you know, the Lakers season. But mm-hmm. it had the feeling and atmosphere of a game seven. And I remember talking to Robert Ori after the game, who's, played in a a number of uh, finals and he was like, this was as intense as I've ever experienced it. And I thought that was so cool. But I don't know if Geeter told you guys this story, but we were heading out. We were, it was so late at night. Yeah, this is the part that we are, I was hoping you to get to. This is after the game, right? Yeah, this is after the game. So it's, it's, uh, it's late and we're exhausted. It was a long day, like the adrenaline, you're just kind of like spent and we're heading out. And um, I, did we see, was it, who was it? I think it was Byron. No, it was it was uh, I think it was Bill Burke's wife. And and so, someone was like, oh, Kobe's still here. And we're like, what? And they're like, yeah, Kobe's still here. So Gator and I are like, is he like we got to turn around and go and see if we could find him. So we walk nice. back. We were like almost, you know, out of the out of the building. We turn around, we go back. And sure enough, Kobe's on the middle of the the court signing the floor. Remember how they did that special floor for him? It's like Um, after 11 p.m., right? And he just put up 60 points, just so everyone realizes. Um, It's it's no, it's like it's like 1 a.m. Oh my god! Okay, 1 a.m. It was like it was like so. I remember getting home that night at like three in the morning, and then like I couldn't stop going through my phone and like looking at all the pictures and like reliving it. And I, I, my boyfriend was sleeping. I'm like, you would not believe what just happened. So we go, we go back. Kobe's there. I'd say there's like maybe 25 people hanging around. Like the place is pretty much cleared out, and. Kobe signing the floor, and which they were going to later auction off for charity. And then Kobe just stops and like has a moment with every single person that was there. And I got to give him this hug. And I was just like, you know, kind of looked at him like, what a way to go out. You know, I mean, what an unbelievable performance. And uh, it was just, uh, it was amazing. Like, Geeter and I got in the car, we were both like on cloud nine, I, I couldn't sleep. It was I was so excited about it. It was such a cool, 
memory. And I'm so glad that I was there to just remember that it was, it was so special and obviously even more so, you know, now, but. Yeah. I remember like, cause I think you have a few pictures of it too, but I mean, because you interviewed him a bunch, he knows everyone's name, but that was probably something where you said he was like looking into people's eyes and like, I don't know if he was thanking you guys or he was just, it was really, I'm sure his guard was really down. You hadn't seen that side of him. Yeah. And he, and he stopped. It wasn't just like he looked in your eye. I mean, he stopped, you know, gave you a hug, gave you a handshake and had a couple words with you and, and talked, like spoke to everybody. It was like, we all stood around and got this reward for, for staying later than everybody else. You know, you got this one-on-one time with Kobe and and his Vanessa and the girls were standing there and they were kind of off to the side. And remember he had that film crew that was following him that year. So they were there. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, um, but it was, it, 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 like I said, maybe 25 people. It was a really intimate group. And um, yeah, it was just that night, right? Like you guys remember, and you guys are, are Laker fans. Like that was, I mean, oh. I, I'm, a, I'm a Kobe fan. So for me, that was special. Like you witnessed, and you guys tell me this, like, did you, did it ever get lost on you how special it was to watch him play on a night to night basis? Like there's only a special, a certain number of players that are really truly that special to see. And I, I feel like he spoiled us over the years. I mean, he did so many incredible things from a scoring perspective. I mean, forget like just the 81 point game. Like I'll never forget where I was that day. And then all the times where you know, when he had like 50 points in four straight games and he had that run of 40 point games. And it was like, every time you watched him, you were like, Oh my goodness. Like no one, no one else is doing this. No one else is doing it. Yeah. So I, yeah. And the game winners and obviously the championships, yeah, it, it, it was not lost on me. And I, what I do remember about that last year is he really took a turn with the media in terms of he was so – he was always introspective, but he spent, you know, 10, 15-minute press conferences every game in every city that he went to. And he just – he obviously, he knew it was his last year, but he talked for so long – he, so, he, so, he soaked it up game. and everywhere so, yeah. he went, they, they wanted to soak him up also. And another thing that, you know, I, I don't know if like the, the masses realize this, but to watch him transition from English to Spanish to Italian in oh, those, in those, it was amazing. Yeah, you know, I mean, call. he, an incredible athlete, you know, but also a really intellectual human being as well. Um, and I think that that was, you know, just another part of his persona that made him so unique and dynamic. Yeah. Yeah. What a night. Yep. Great day. Um, all right. So Jamie, you've, you've, uh, like, like Chiz said, you've worked kind of all over LA media. You've done Lakers, you've done Clippers. What's it like, I think for fans like that talk to you and, and what do they not understand about the idea of when you work for the, for both teams in LA? Yeah, that's, that's tough. Um, Cause I, I caught a lot of heat 
when I left uh, left the Lakers network and went over and started working with the Clippers and people would tweet and they would they would write on my Instagram like you traitor and my favorite thing is that these people <laughs> so spell traitor T R A D E R like no. like Trader Joe's yeah. <laughs> like if, you, if you're gonna call me out and call me a traitor God damn it spell it correctly <laughs> but you know people are like you traitor how could you or you know they'll see something and I'm like oh, I'm holding a microphone at a Clipper game. And they're like, wait, you're a Clipper fan? You didn't tell me you were a Clipper. It's like, I don't know why Hello. people don't. And I want to always say, like, do you realize how fortunate and blessed I feel that I even get to work around any professional team, that this yeah. is my job? I mean, I, it doesn't matter. I feel so fortunate that I get to live in Los Angeles, which is where I've called home for a long time now. And to be around professional sports. And it's, this is, I am truly living my dream. And I feel so, so grateful for that. Um, And it's, and I'd love to say to like everybody who gives me a hard time about that. Like if you like, I mean, it's, I can't really propose this to you guys because you've worked in the business, but you take an accountant who's like a diehard Clipper fan and he gets a job offer with the Lakers. You think he's not going to take it? Seriously, right. that's a great. You line. know, you know what I mean. Like, come on, of course. Let's let's be real. Like, you would you would jump at the chance to get to go to games and get paid for it. Come on. Yeah, it's it's like it's wild that people think that like oh like you work for one team and then like you and you just can't go to the other team. Yeah, but I it, mean, it I happens. Agree, I, it happens idiots. all the time. It happens it, to the players all the time. By the way, totally. Like, yeah. Players switch teams all the time. Because it's their job. Like, ultimately, right. it's their job. Well, here's, like, one one perspective. I totally agree. They're idiots. It's like, And it's not easy to just roll your eyes because you literally get flooded with these stupid messages. I'm sure, you know, this isn't I, just this topic way, I, I get, other things. I get nice ones, too. Like, we miss you on, right. you know, whatever. So, Well, I was going to say, like, the the ones that are spelling traitor wrong or calling you a traitor, <laughs> it, what's interesting is you can almost thank Fans like that in a way, and I mean that because without the passion, whether it's, you know, intelligence behind the passion, but without that type of passion, sports wouldn't be what it was. And it wouldn't feel cool to cover these like tall, athletic people that are good, you know, this one sport, because the fans always kind of are the ones that make sports cool and what makes it cool to work in sports. Just throwing. I, I feel like I'm Trudell here, like having to throw my one last final word on it. But I agree. No, I, like I'm with the, the, you. It's, the, it's those the, comments are so stupid. But it, I'm sure you know you've been doing it for so long. You can probably sometimes either laugh or smile at it, or kind of come to a weird understanding. Like, oh, well, this is kind of like comes with the territory, and maybe even slight of the reason why it is so cool to work in this business in a weird way. If you feel me. Yeah. Okay. I, I feel you. I feel you, Chiz. It's the pe- it's the people that uh, cricket, cricket, crickets. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the people that uh, that p- put paint on their face, like and- you at Arizona games. <laughs> that Roman did that in college. Everybody, he one, painted his one, face. One game, no, we painted oh our chest. Gosh. It was one. It was one game I regretted. It's so, it's so hard to get the paint off. I'll, I would never do it again. I will yes. say this, to, to sort of to that point, you know, when, when we talked about sports resuming and whether or not there would be fans and, and there were, you know, some of the players said it's not going to be the same without the fans. I was like, come on, like you, you're getting paid a lot of money to go play a game that you love. And mm-hmm. when I finally got into 
the arena for a game and saw what it was like, I'm like, oh yeah, this is different. And the fans, the fans are a big part of the game. And um, I, I look forward to the day where we can all pack them in to the arena again because it's 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 not the same environment without it. I really yeah. hope for the playoffs at least that, that we get at least some fans in. All right, Chiz, your favorite part of the show. It's what? where you complain about basketball. You're, you're, I thought you're gonna. You're not gonna go to her bomber question. Ba- basketball pet peeves. We'll get to bomber after this. Okay. Who's going first? You, since you love you love you love giving things that you okay, hate I'm about gonna, the NBA. By the way, we we encourage life pet peeves too. I'm gonna throw one life pet peeve that just annoyed me today. You know the thing where everyone like says the word though after everything, like oh that 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 waggle though or. Like, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I, know I know what, what you mean. mean. I know what you mean. I mean, that look, looks... I've probably done it a few times, but today I had one where I just rolled my eyes. I'm like, why did that even become a thing? I don't know or, why. Or that it's it's me like today. asking for a friend. Yeah, I don't like that one either. <laughs> right, tell right. Me, tell me your dad's of this without telling me your dad's of this. Have you seen that one? <laughs> Yes, I have. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. No, people say like they'll, they'll, they'll take a it. they'll take a picture. Of this this is the though thing. They'll take a picture of their pasta and be like that that, that melted cheese though. It's like okay, like Chiz, the cheese just, is melted. You're, you're just right. getting old and you're not down with the kids' slang. I guess not. I, think I don't that's know if that's what it is. Gen- okay, so here's my. Here's my NBA pet peeve, although it actually uh, applies to all of sports. And it actually comes from my mom because she mentioned it first. My mom's from England. She moved to the States when she was uh, 20-something years old. And she was very confused when someone asked her, hey, or something about the World Series. And she's like, oh, whoa, the World Series. Like, what's this competition? As if it was like, you know, some Olympic event. I can't stand that... The Lakers, for instance, like you'll hear everyone say, oh, the world champion Lakers or the world champion this or the the team that wins the Super Bowl, the world champions. Like you're not the world champions. You guys, I think, have heard me say this before. I just I hate the title world champion when you're you're the United States champion. Yeah, exactly. The (laughs) NBA is not like a world league. And I get it. Everyone's saying like all the best players in Europe go to, you know, the NBA, just like all the best baseball players go to MLB. I know that. I get that, everybody. I know the best players play in the league, but it's not a competition between countries or whatever. It's like you're the NBA champions. Why can't they just be NBA champions? Why does everyone have to be a world champion? It's very – what is it? It's like conceded – It's I don't well, like it. I think we do say NBA champion more with the NBA. Obviously, in the NFL, we say Super Bowl. But it's it's baseball that really is the, the because greatest it's called defender the world of this series. because it's called the World Series. Exactly. Yeah, but you know they say – no, you know that like in mainstream sports, they'll say they won the world championship or the, the world champion. I mean, I'm sorry. They do. Billy Max, yeah, yeah, Billy they Max do. says it every time we come on air. Yeah. Uh, so, I don't know. It sounds like you guys agree. <laughs> it, it's, it, it is really silly when you think about it. Like, why do they it, – it's – why are they – it's stupid. Well, because I think the reason that they do it is because it's the best league in the world, right? There's no other – especially for like NBA, there's no other league that really matches up. So and that's why they say world champions. Well, and it was just – it was a thing that was probably created, you know, however many years ago and it just stayed. It sounds yeah. bigger. It sounds bigger than NBA It sounds champions. bigger. I just think it's incorrect. I don't think it's right. That's it just is incorrect. Me. I agree. All right. Yeah. Jamie, do you have a uh, a pet peeve? So <laughs> that pet that pet peeve though. <laughs> that pet peeve though. My, my, my pet peeve is Chiz's pet peeves. <laughs> You're like Chiz's pet peeves are a pet peeve. <laughs> um, you know what? Well, okay, I have a couple things. Um, <laughs> I was initially I was going to say the the ball game proposal. <laughs> 
nice. Oh, yes. They're bad. Like, they're generally, like, they're not, unless your first date was at a game and, like, you know, you got the same seats and you're wearing the same jersey or something like that. But, um... It's tacky. Uh, it, but but for some people, you know, like there are some my, – my friend, by the way, is an event planner. And she's like, I'm doing a wedding for a couple that – it's a Harry Potter theme for their wedding. I'm like, <laughs> you know, like some people, okay. they get married at freaking Disneyland. Like, you know, like – and I love Disneyland. But but so to each his own, right? So I'm going to – that yeah. was what initially came to mind. Um, but, you know, I, in, I hate – or not I hate, but a pet peeve – and maybe this is also because of of what I do for a living. But when NBA players are talking to the media and they drop in a random and things of that nature. That you that that phrase particular and things of that, that nature. They say it all the time and it makes no sense. They drop it in there. And it, it's like <laughs> things of what nature dude exactly exactly but you're gonna notice it now when you're watching an nba player like you know talking after the game he'll say and things of that nature and you're just like what do you what what it's just like what filler nature? it's just like it's, it's just like words just it's cacao. filler it's ca- <laughs> well it's like wait, 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 when you're getting like so many questions that'll sound exactly the same sometimes it's like and you're talking for like 10 minutes. <clears throat> I mean, do you ever, wait, but wait a second. Do you ever say, and things of that nature in real I've life? Ne- I've so, never said that. In my I know. Life. So why would well, you use it like over and over again when you're talking to the media? It's just like, it's a weird thing, but that's it's like that a minor one. thing. It's a minor thing. I love thing. that though. I Not do really. love that. You love that though? I- <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you, didn't, you didn't do that on purpose. But that's a different kind of though. Yeah, that's a different though. It's when you, yeah, exactly. Thank mm. you, Jamie. Uh, Kuz ends every sentence with so. so. Yeah, he does. So it's confusing and you don't know when he's going to actually end his sentence because he says so. So you think there's more coming, but then that's just the end of the sentence. Is that your so, pet peeve? That's the end of the sentence, so. Is, it, is that your pet peeve? <laughs> I, I, did you know if I was finishing or not? No, I don't. I don't have I don't have a good pet peeve because I feel like I've already used them you, all. You have yet to have a good one. Roman an hour ago was like, "You have any?" For he's asking me for some. <laughs> hey, um, what, did you guys already cover uh, inconsistent calls by the refs? I feel like that's uh, relevant we, this week. I mean, we would go more in depth. We haven't talked about. Um, well, I, I talked I, about how I don't like that they I, they are too quick to call jump balls. Like I feel like the ball isn't really getting tied up, but they call a jump ball. So we didn't. We were a little more specific, but I mean, I, yeah, I NBA a, is tough to officiate. I have a ref related one, sort of. Um, I by the way, I do think the refs. It is so difficult. It's by far the hardest sport to yeah. referee. So I, it's no, it's not going to be perfect. Um, but I really hate these days that the refs call. Uh, a foul on a three-point shot when players kick their leg out. And it happens so often, and it's so hard to officiate that. But it's like and, – and even Steph Curry – I think Steph Curry did this in a Laker game very recently. They reviewed yeah. the call, and they still gave him three free throws. But it's like if an offensive player jumps into the defensive player and then they – still call the foul on the defense it's like you should be allowed to jump straight up even if it's a three-pointer like guys shouldn't be allowed to land two or three feet in front of them and then land on a defender's ankle and then cry foul yeah i I, I never the the, the shot attempt has to look like like a natural shot (laughs) yeah it's 
it, it bothers me sometimes because I do I do like the idea of protecting the shooter, but I think we've gone like a little bit too far with protecting the shooter. If a guy jumps straight up and down, and, la- and you have to give him a chance to land, so yeah. I I'm fine with that. But if you pump fake, a guy you get a guy in the air, and then you t- you jump three feet into him, there's nothing he can do. So I yeah I don't that's a, it's a tough play to officiate. But I, I don't like that we've made that just a, I'm with a you. normal I hate that thing call. in the NBA. Like it has, the amount of I'm times guys shoot three free throws these days is so much more than seven or eight years ago. Yeah. Well, there's a lot more threes attempted, but yeah. A lot more. Yeah, for sure. But I think guys have just figured out like, okay, this guy is not going to let me land. Like, I'll just jump a couple of feet in front <clears> and then I'll get the foul call every time. Agreed. All right. How how did you rate, how would you rate that pet peeve? It started out strong because I started it, and things of that nature was pretty good. I like that one. And then uh, it got uh, super swag when you went. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Two more questions, Jamie. Uh, I'm getting. I'm starting to get hungry. <laughs> it's time to go. I got an in and out waiting for me. Uh, okay. One one thing I wanted to know. Uh, since you do uh, some sideline for uh, the Clippers, uh, Steve Ballmer, I, th- I think, is such an interesting person to watch. I mean, obviously very successful, uh, but his antics on the sideline always make me laugh. What, what have you like learned about him um, as a person since, uh, since you've been covering the Clippers? Um, and I, I agree. I love, uh, I love looking over at him for his reactions to anything really um whether it's a good play or a bad call or whatever it is he's so animated um steve Ballmer is uh i think first and foremost a humanitarian um he he's very generous he's very intelligent and i think you know sometimes these rich dudes buy teams for their ego and it's like, you know, a power play, but he genuinely wants to make it a winning franchise and also give back to the city. And don't you dare cut this out because I know you guys are Laker fans. <laughs> we don't cut, we don't cut <laughs> anything we don't, out. We don't, we don't cut, cut anything, anything out. out. This no, is as honestly, is. He, you know, he did that the whole program where they're, they're refurbishing basketball courts all over the city. There's there's tons that he does behind the scenes um, for the city. And he did, him and his wife made some sizable, don't, I think it was a million dollar donation for, um, you know, COVID vaccine research. Um, he just does a lot. And he really, it's not... It's not just the rich guy that's doing this. So, you know, hey, guys, I own a basketball team. Like he genuinely is invested in bettering the franchise and and building uh, a community around it. And I think that's pretty cool. And he and he's I mean, like he wears like plaid shirts, you know, and like khakis <laughs> and, you know, like and dad dances sneakers. terribly. He doesn't care. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's just lo- like he's I just having that. a great time. So- yeah. He's just not pretentious at all. It's so hard for a billionaire to not be pretentious. So I I do respect that. And I also respect the fact that he he does care about making the Clippers a winning team and a solid franchise. And I think for the long-term basketball effect on the city, I think that's a great thing. Oh, for sure. Yeah. What's your last question? This one's going to be like for the jugular. What do you got? (laughs) Oh, this this one's... <laughs> All right, so Yogi comes home. <laughs> um, 
this is great. I'm actually really excited for this because I always respond to uh, Jamie's Instagram stories when she does one of these stories. And one of Jamie's uh. many... One of Jamie's many gigs right now is uh, CBS and KCAL, and you do, like, the sports segment, like, the update. But so many times, and I'll kind of intro it, and you can just take it all, but my understanding (laughs) is, let's say you're about to come on in 15 minutes, but then there's a car chase that's brewing, and I don't know if it's a... Uh, a local news thing or just an Armin Kulian thing or a KCAL thing, but whenever there is a car chase, that will trump any other coverage and your sports segment will, I guess, just be dead and you put your scripts in the trash and you say sports is dead. So do you stay and tape it later or do you just get paid and go home and are you just so used to the fact that there might be a car chase every time you do a sports segment and that you're gone? <laughs> I, 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 I want to end real quick by saying uh, the, question, <laughs> the question was supposed to be, what is your relationship with car chases? <laughs> okay, whatever that means. I needed to. I needed to let the like the listeners understand just the the setup to it. Okay, that, that was quite the setup, and and it's funny because it does make sense. My relationship with car chases. I <laughs> I personally, I'm not as obsessed with them as it would appear based on my Instagram. Um, I, I put it on there because the response from people has been so overwhelmingly positive. They absolutely love it. They love to see me throw my scripts in the trash. Like that's everyone's favorite move. Um, I, I, it's a little nerve wracking sometimes when you're watching these things. Cause you're like, Oh my God, this person's driving like a lunatic. There's pedestrians, there's people walking their dogs. There's, you know, moms pushing strollers and that's legitimately scary. Right. But it's the reason why they always go to the chase. And this is an LA news thing. Cause I have friends in different parts of the country that see it on my Instagram. And they're like, what the hell's going on out Interesting. there? Interesting. It's an LA is this like thing. an everyday thing. And it, and it is an everyday thing, but it's in LA. And I think it's because we have the news helicopters, which give you that aerial, which by the way, we are in some ways assisting the police on the ground. Right. And keeping an eye. It's, it's like a whole the relationship between the two that, that come into play that I never really understood. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it gets good ratings. So no matter what's happening, they will kill my sports segment. And I do a few sports hits each night. So sometimes one gets killed, but I end up doing one later. I get I paid see. no matter what. Other people are like, oh, man, do you still get paid? Like, hell yes, I get paid. <laughs> are you kidding? Then I'd be really pissed. But um, I, my favorite term that I've learned in the police pursuit world is footbell. Footbell <laughs> is when the suspect ends up pulling over, getting out of the car, and then running away on foot. It's a footbell. And that, to me, is always like... The desperation move. Like, yeah. I, for, first of all, I don't know what these people are thinking, trying to, like, outrun oh the gosh. cops. But yeah. you, you you sit there and you wonder, like, are they on the phone in the car? We're like, oh, shit, what do I do now? <laughs> I've got, like, 30 black and whites behind me, a couple of news helicopters in the sky. Maggio's putting it on our Instagram story. Now what do I do? <laughs> but, I mean, yeah. how, many, how, how many times have has your... You got the phone charged? Yeah, sorry, sorry. How, how many, like, what, seriously, I've seen it so many times. Oh, yeah. How many, what, per, like, do you think that 10% of the nights you've been there, there's a car chase? It Ten- seriously feels like that. It's, I would say it's more than that. And and I will say, it's too, ridiculous. I feel like in during this, like, pandemic, it's even, you know, upticked a little bit. Like, people just 
out of their minds, you know? It's, it's tough times. <laughs> Now, times. what if the what if the main the the new the, the people that cover the chases are the main news like anchors, not the you know you're you're the you're the sports girl. Like, do you think it you is, could fill it, no, in and call my, one? It's my biggest fear that they're going to be like you know release the news anchors and I'm going to be out there and I'm going to be in the middle of my show because on the weekends I've got a 30 minute show, so it's not a two uh-huh. minute sports hit, 30 minute show, and that they're going to want to go to a pursuit and I'm going to go. Right, straight like Italian New York, like this fucking guy. Look at him! Like, I'm just like, <laughs> we got a foot down. Oh, we got a foot down. Fucking lunatic! Like I'm not going to be able to control it. I'm going to be laughing. I'm going to be in, uh, unprofessional, and I'm probably going to get fired and be like viral on on YouTube. But it's like it is my biggest fear. Like sometimes when when we know that there's maybe a pursuit in, like coming and we're sending our helicopter out. I'll like look over at the news anchor, like, don't leave me out here. <laughs> don't leave me <laughs> alone. But remember Gary Miller? Yes. Yeah. It happened to him one night and he had to, he was basically like doing a highlight over a police pursuit and people were like, Gary crushed it. It was so, cause you know, he's really entertaining and he, he's very enthusiastic. Yeah. And I mean, the news anchors, listen, it's pretty serious because you never know exactly how these things are going to end up. So you don't want to like have too much fun with it. You've got to be pretty serious about it and people right, can get right. hurt, you know, but yeah, I, it's like my biggest fear that, that one day I'm going to have to do it and I'm just going to like, it's tough. Like, what do you talk about out there? Especially if the chase goes on for like an hour. If, if the person has a full tank of gas and he's just going, Roman, you're not other, taking any breaks. A couple weeks ago, someone in like a Chevy Malibu went for over six hours. Six hours? Yes. It yeah, like finally, 25 gallons? It finally went at like two in the morning and we were well off the air, but we have, we're online all the time at cbsnla.com and... <laughs> <laughs> and people were like, you could follow it on online on the on the web, even though our know, news th- coverage was off. Yeah, you you could do it. I feel like it's kind of just like, all right, here he is. He's going sixty east. He's been on this for ten minutes, half a tank of gas. Let's take a look at earlier what happened when he was coming across the tree. You know, oh, very dangerous. Oh. Yeah, I feel all like right. you're always kind of catching. Armin, are you listening? Get me on it, baby. <laughs> he's he's run a few red lights. He's driving at, at dangerous speeds and things of that nature. <laughs> <laughs> That, that foot bail, Things of that though. nature, so. <laughs> that foot bail, though. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You guys. That, that's, that's what's great, though, is that I think that's the reason people love car chases is because it's unpredictable. You don't. It's like a sporting event, right? You don't know what's going to happen next. I mean, the foot bail is the best part, too, because sometimes they yeah. go into a store or they change their clothes or whatever. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. not Roman. like they ever look athletic when they get out of the car either, you know? No. It's like they're waddling around or they're, like, stumbling over themselves, and it's like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. I mean, it's tough. You've been in the car for five, six hours, and you get out, and, like, you're, you know, your feet, your legs are sore. We at Spectrum, when it when a car chase was on, though, it, it was almost sad, but we all kind of – I feel like we rubbed it – I feel like we all – well, we bet on it, first of all. No, I feel like it's almost bad. You're right. Everyone gets – I don't even know why we're getting into it. It's like you're glorifying these people, but we couldn't help it. It was exciting. It's weird that it was exciting. It's, it's kind of well, gross. Well, it, it's but... like this unexpected reality TV. Yeah, yeah, totally. Absolutely. Roman, what's your in and out order? You said you got in and uh, out. I got two double-doubles. I already had one, and now I'm itching to get the other one. Ugh, you beast. You've already, that's, that is disgusting. Yeah. I'm, I, I, by the way, since you asked, I get the weirdest in and out order ever. Okay. Grilled cheese? Protein style. Ex- 
Okay. I like that. It's just a little the the the, the dressing kind of gets a little messy because <clears throat> it's sliding in the lettuce a little bit, but I like that. It's a grill, but it's the grilled cheese, no onion, protein style. So it's essentially cheese, cheese tomato sauce in the lettuce. I do no meat, no bun, no onion. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I don't. Uh, I, I've se- I've seen crazy orders. The big question is, <laughs> the big question is, do you get Yogi a patty, no salt, no pepper? I never have, but he does sometimes. You know, I started doing this weird thing, like this, like old lady <laughs> thing, where I'd like take my leftovers from a restaurant home. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> What's, wait, what's wrong weird. with that? Roman's like, that's not weird. <laughs> that's not weird. <laughs> but I bring it home for my dog. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you okay, do that yeah. too? Okay. Yeah. I I thought I'm, like I, I'd crossed over into some sort of abyss when I'm like, I'll take my salmon home, please. I've got a dog at home. Can you wrap that but, up for me? Thanks. If, Ro- if By the way, if Yogi could talk for 10 minutes, you brought him back in and out, he's probably just like, look what this bitch got me again. <laughs> <laughs> No, he, uh, he's, uh, you know, he's a spoiled dog. Of course. Yeah. He's a spoiled dog. Best dog owners out there, you too. Thanks, Chiz. All right. <laughs> Jamie, thank you so much for joining us. This was a oh, lot of fun. Oh, you guys are the best. This was so much fun. This yeah, Jamie, we love you. We appreciate you. Love you guys too, for sure. Hope I get to see your faces soon. We'll see you soon. All right. Bye. See you guys. See ya. Bye. Bye. This is the LA Hoops Pod, the spot for both of LA's basketball teams. Check us out on the Hoop Heads feed, find and subscribe on all of your favorite podcast apps, and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at LA Hoops Pod. <laughs>